Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jane Ritter. Good morning, everyone. Jane in Naples, sadly. Um, it is a glorious day. Um, I would really love to be broadcasting from Belfast, where the Balkuthi ELT community are meeting for the annual Ayatafel conference. I can honestly say I am suffering from FOMO and would love to be there, but I can't. Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jane Ritter on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. And a, a good morning again. Um, this morning, I am chatting to David Valente, the outgoing IATEFL YLT SIG coordinator. Um, that is Young Learners and Teens Special Interest Group Coordinator. As you can imagine, David is quite busy this week, so I will, will preempt that a large part of this interview this morning has been pre-recorded, along with a few special messages for David to thank and congratulate him for his incredible contributions to the profession. For those of you who don't know David, I doubt that's possible, but David is a research fellow in English pedagogy at Nord University in Norway. His research explores children's literature in primary English teacher education and intercultural citizenship in ELT. David has over 20 years experience in, um, in language education as a teacher, a teacher educator, academic manager and course book author. He also is the reviews editor or he also reviews the he is also the reviews editor for the journal Children's Literature in English Language Education. After eight years of volunteering, David hands over the IATFL YLTSIG coordinator's mantle at the IATFL YLTSIG Open Forum today at 17.20. So for those of you who are lucky enough to be there, do go along. Today, we will focus on and celebrate David's contribution to the YLET profession. But before I go on to the first part of our interview, I just wanted to consider a couple of points. The first is the concept of associations. And I think if anything we've learned from the pandemic, the importance of associations in support. I don't talk a lot about myself, but I have a husband who is a restaurateur and is very actively involved in associations. And I think through the pandemic, um, there was a constant need for someone to refer to, someone to look forward to. And most associations are built up of individuals, individuals who are simply there to help. And I think we've seen that with the YLT SIG, um, an incredible association made up of countless volunteers helping to strive. Um, the, the core definition of, 
of the YLT SIG is a group of people who work together in a single organisation for a particular purpose. Um, sorry, that's actually the, the Cambridge Advanced Learners <laughs> Dictionary definition, but I think it reflects in, in the YLT SIG. Their mission is to, um, the YLT SIG aims to lead drive, change and set standards in teaching English as another language to children and teenagers, so three to 17 year olds um, worldwide. This comprises best classroom practices, quality YLELT teacher education and age sensitive teacher education and principled teaching English to young learners assessment pedagogies. Um, it also provides um, its members with practical advice on age-appropriate pedagogies, qualifications, resources, and professional professional development, and also um, raises awareness on how to safeguard children and teachers and teenagers learning English. For over 35 years, the YLT SIG has been a conduit for sharing age-relevant pedagogies, professional development opportunities and resources, as well as raising awareness about protecting children and te teenagers learning English. The second thing I wanted to think about was volunteering. As Audrey Hepburn says, as you grow older, you'll discover that you have two hands, one for helping yourself and the other for helping others. And you might want to listen back to a previous interview I did with Laura McWilliams on mentoring entitled Lifting As You Climb. Um, it's no surprise, one of her mentors was David. And I love the, the concept or the idea that his hand is scaffolding and gently, gently lifting her as she grows. Today, we'll be exploring David's time as a volunteer. And I felt Lifting as you climb really sums up his work's impact. As I said, volunteering, it's many things. It's working for a cause, not an applause. Um, it's living life to express, not impress. Volunteers don't just do the work, they make it work. So let's listen to the first part of our interview and learn and learn more. Good morning, David. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming this morning. It is an absolute delight to have you with me. <laughs> well, and thank you very much, Jane. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really pleased to be here today. And today is a very special day for you, isn't it, David? It's the, the beginning or the end of an era. Um, <laughs> yes, that's one way of putting it. Um, so today I am stepping down as IATEFL Young Learners and Teenagers Special Interest Group Coordinator after six years as coordinator and eight years in total on the committee. My goodness. And you have actually, I mean, I will be playing some messages from members of the ELT profession, <laughs> community, um, industry, as some people don't like to, like to call it, um, the profession. Um, but you have actually really, really worked hard to build up the Young Learners Teens Special Interest Group. Can you tell me a little bit about your time as the coordinator? 
how did you start one? I started as publications um, editor of the publication that's uh, changed name several times. So its current name is T-E-Y-L-T Worldwide. And I think that's um, an interesting example to start with because that was a big part of my mission and vision for the SIG, not just me, of course, but the whole committee, the team. We wanted the SIG to really be global, to have global reach, to have global voices, and to really extend and expand beyond Europe, because not only has IATAFL got a very European history, um, so has Young Learner ELT, I feel, mm -hmm. which has obviously brought a lot to the profession, but there's so much going on in YL in the Middle East, in East Asia, in Sub-Saharan Africa, all around the world. And so it's been a big part of the mission to really be more global, which is not always easy, but I'd say that's been one of the biggest uh, mandates. And alongside that, always, um, you know, in tandem with that has been the, the need to professionalize, to be taken seriously as a profession, to stand up for the rights of teachers and um, teacher educators and others working in YL. So it's been championing in the past six years. That's been the aspiration. And how, how would you measure its success? Well, I think um, in terms of our outputs, so if we start with the publication TYLT worldwide, so since 2015, that has been um, re that was reorganized into age range sections. That's another part of this representation. So in all of our publications, we have sections for early years, for primary, for lower sec, for upper sec. So wanting to reach professionals around the world who are working with the different age ranges and not just seeing YL as, oh, this is YL practice and it works for all ages. So really pushing the age appropriacy and raising awareness of it and bringing the voices of those who were doing it into the publication. So that's one very concrete way we've done it. Another way we've done it is um, in 2017, we launched our annual web conference mm. and it's just got bigger and bigger and bigger every year. And I, last, you know, it was our fifth in November last year. The and, Emerald. you know, yeah. it's a couple of thousand people come from, you know, over 85 countries. Um, and we've tried to represent um, the global field, both in the speakers, but also in our in our delegates attending and, and our web conferences all have always been free public access, thanks to our generous sponsors. And so these these were ways we've been trying to reach um, and include and represent um, globally. Also, um, before COVID, for example, in 2018, we had events in five different locations around the world, Senegal, um, Thailand, I mean, really all different regions, Brazil. So really trying to capture what's going on around the world and also have events under the SIG umbrella partnering in Chile. We supported the British Council YL conference three years running in Chile. So trying to find all these ways to make sure that you know the world's voices are, are in our, our events and our publications. 
also our blog posts are started monthly blogs in 2017 mm. and so we're always looking for practitioners around the world to contribute to those so really trying to make a, a much more visible presence because we've known for decades really that yl is happening around the world but in iotefl circles you might not realize that at times that would be very surprising to me as a, an ELT practitioner, um, professional, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. because I think that is certainly in my time in, in academic management, you know, we started with a very small center of um, 150 young learners mm -hmm. and grew exponentially up to about a thousand. So, um, and that's just one small center in, in Naples. Mm. Um, it's, it is the future, I think. Um, oh, absolutely. And I mean, in a lot of my time in, in YL academic management has been in Asia, for example. And, you know, in the centre I worked in, just on, it was often after school and weekends. And Saturday, Sunday, we had a thousand children, primary age children through the doors. And so, you know, it is definitely a massive global presence but then it isn't it hasn't always been given that visibility in um you know big elt events and publications and so on so it's kind of been a, a, a crusade in a way people say to me oh you know it's not a crusade david and i say isn't it and the thing <laughs> is you know i think the culmination for me was yesterday's opening plenary at the IETEFL Belfast conference by my colleague Meir Ibrahim, uh, focusing particularly on early years um, English language learning. And I think that's really a coming of age and a recognition of the visibility. So that's kind of been the journey over the past six years. Amazing, amazing. Uh, you mentioned Naia. Naia, yeah. um, I'm worked with her many years ago okay wonderful wonderful person and um you you obviously have uh people who inspire and influence you and have have obviously influenced this incredible journey um could you tell me a little bit about them i call them the grand dames of ylelt and um, because actually the vast majority if not all are women and um, so they have been a tremendous support to me throughout my career, right from being a teacher and, and you know, throughout my, certainly throughout my SIG journey. So Carol Reed, um, past president of IETEFL has, you know, been a tremendous support to both me and the SIG itself mm -hmm. throughout all of our events and publications and so on. She's always been present and in a very supportive um, way. Um, and advising she's been you know great source of advice and um other people spring to mind gail ellis as well particularly her work with picture books mm. which is a huge part of my work currently and through connections with gail i, I also connected with sandy morao in portugal and um yes they, they've you know been tremendous supports um with my current work and Gail I've, I've actually known from when I used to live in Paris in the late 90s so I've known her a long time and she's been a huge influence in my work um, Sheila Rickson 
in in the more academic side of my work now um you know huge you know incredible contributions through her writing particularly to the academic side of tyl um and nair of course i mean nair is um one of my phd supervisors at the moment wow. so, you know it, it has this real family feel um very much so so those would be some really key influences for me David, you've you've lived all over the world could you just tell me a, a brief summary of david's destinations oh <laughs> how long have we got <laughs> we have to do it we have to do a very short one um oh i mean i i well mostly outside of europe so mm -hmm. 20 years outside of europe and massive chunks of those have been in east asia which is very much where my heart is i would say when it comes to yl because as i say yl is booming in mm -hmm. east asia and you know there are challenges to that and lots of opportunities to that and you know lots of needs for teacher education in the region and of course the region's very varied depends you know where we're talking about and are we talking out of school or mainstream and so on but certainly a long period in East Asia, I was in Thailand for several years, Myanmar as well, and then doing a lot of, you know, training courses and, and assessments and so on in that region. And also the Middle East, you know, as well, um, through my teacher education, and academic management, um, the Gulf, Bahrain, um, Syria as well, and, um, and then a shorter contracts, Qatar, um, Lebanon, so quite a lot in the Middle East. <laughs> and and then most recently before my, so I'm currently in Norway and I moved to Norway to do my PhD, but before that I was in Mexico, so Latin America as well and Central America. Um, very little in Europe, Jane. Mm. I was in Europe at the start of my career in Paris and now I'm back, but sandwiched in the middle, it's a huge sandwich of the world really and that's why i'm such an advocate for there's life beyond europe important life you know in in terms of yl <laughs> yes um yeah there there is and and i think um i i've i've seen it in some some projects that i've worked on a lot of material that is written for for example southeast asia mm may not necessarily work in in other countries and maybe some work does need to be done with that because there's not you know the, there isn't the one size fits all is there absolutely no absolutely yeah i mean you probably know more than 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 me about this <laughs> because of your your writing work and um the other things that you do I, I really don't know how you do manage to do all of these things <laughs> but um so let's just recap you're doing a phd you're uh writing um you teach as well yes i teach at the at the university so i teach both pre-service so teachers who are going to be norwegian um generalist primary teachers and they've elected english as one of their specialist subjects but I also do in-service at the university. So um, Norwegian teachers, primary teachers again, who come back for upgrade, um, skills upgrade. And um, 
they 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 specialize in English as well. So I do both pre and in. Um, it's a little bit though. It's not you know. Um, it's about twenty five percent of my contract is teaching. Yeah, wonderful though, um, mm. and and also really really important to to keep doing it. <laughs> so <are> important, <laughs> so important, Jane. I did it very recently um, in some. Um, very Arctic parts of Norway, super Arctic. I, did, I do remember seeing some photographs. Yes. <laughs> and um, it was really me back in my zone because I, I think, you know, moving into academia has taken me quite out of my comfort zone, which is good and necessary, but also, you know, being back with teachers, in-service teachers, you know, who have classes of children and um, have needs and interests and wants and then being able to craft a course program for that is you know it really is um it's my passion it's also i mean i would hate to not see you um performing <laughs> doing your moves in your training sessions or as i've seen you on webinars and <laughs> the dance moves david we 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 don't want to lose that we want to keep seeing them <laughs> yes i i think you know um the, what i have to keep reminding myself is that the these 20 years matter professionally and it's not something that you know we shouldn't have this intellectual snobbery that says that is less than because actually teachers need things they can use and do and engage children and that 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 is no less important than you know um a, a theoretical um discussion about something yeah. so uh, that's kind of my latest crusade is that practice is not the poor cousin to theory no no i mean i can i remember years ago when i i think it was one of the first times i met carol reed uh -huh. um, it was a long time ago in madrid for a sort of young learners forum with the british council and you know carol was a published writer and um mm -hmm. and she's a teacher trainer and a conference presenter and it's fit for most of us she's like the god of yeah. <laughs> of young learner teaching and i can remember sitting in a you know we had a, a workshop activity and she just said i still teach um pre-primary learners and i was yeah. like you still teach and she's like yeah, i've got, got one class or two classes but i can't do that i can't write course books yeah if i'm not doing that and i thought you're absolutely right so and I think we become teachers and we become teacher trainers and we do all kinds of things in in life, but we are teachers first and foremost. Absolutely. And the classroom has to be at the heart. Um, otherwise, I don't really see a point. I don't see how you have, um, you know, you uh, TYL. Yes, it can become a, a, a scholarly area or an academic discipline, whatever. But if the classroom doesn't count, then I don't see any point really. So, okay. Before we go to the news, David, tell me a fun fact about you that people don't know. Well, some people do know now, but um, <laughs> or people often ask me about my surname. So my surname is mm -hmm. not my original name. So I, I'm British, I'm from England, haven't lived there for you know over 20 years but it's my original surname was a very english name 
and my current name is more well depends where you are but french italian portuguese mm. so people often um are curious about that oh <laughs> and you're not going to reveal any more <laughs> well it's a bit of a long story and it's nearly the news so <laughs> <laughs> i'll see if i can twist your arm and get it out of you <laughs> Okay, um, please stay with us. Um, we, we're talking to David Valente and we will be back just after the news. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development Every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. SteveWoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit SteveWoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half-term and join me for two days and receive up to 1,360 pounds in bursary terms and conditions apply find out more at stevewoods.co.uk if you're listening to this then we know we share one thing in common a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves that's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care we need people like you to help us achieve even more with us you'll be given all the resources and support you need offered a clear path to career progression and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. According to a leaked document, senior officials at the Department of Education in England have warned that schools are in such a state of disrepair that they are a risk to life. Those officials who work for the Education Secretary, Nadeem Sahawi, have warned that the current pace of 50 school rebuilding projects per year 
needs to be raised to more than 300. A spokesperson for the Department of Education told the Mail Online, The safety of pupils and staff is paramount. We have one of the largest and most comprehensive estate condition data collection in Europe, and this allows us to assess and manage risk in our buildings. We prioritise buildings where there is a risk to health and safety and have invested £11.3 billion since 2015 to improve the condition of school buildings over the next decade. In addition, our new school rebuilding programme will transform the learning environment at 500 schools over the next decade. Following a statement from the Vice-Chancellor of Cambridge University, which recently told private schools that they will need to accept that they will admit fewer students to Oxbridge in the future, Education Secretary Nadeem Sahawi has responded by saying that admissions should be based on merit and evidence. He said, I think it should be based on merit and evidence. The thing to do is deliver great outcomes for all children, wherever they live, and especially our most disadvantaged children. Which is why I am flexing the system towards those areas that have fewer great schools or good outstanding schools. You don't create a system that people feel is fair and equitable by in some way thinking that there is an easy fix. The best thing you can do is create schools in the state system that are as good as independent schools, which we are. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week we're going to talk about a couple of shortcuts and hacks that can make life a little easier. This may not be as innovative as some of my past life hacks for teachers, like drinking noodles, but here are a couple of things that may make a difference to your use of media in the classroom. First up, if you aren't already riding it, get on the Wakelet Wave. Wakelet is a free way to save, organise and share content create collections of web pages, videos, and basically anything with a web address under one topic. Once done, you have a shareable link to your collection. Use it to organize your lesson, flip a lesson, or create revision collections, just to throw a few ideas out there. This next hack is one of my favorites. I love using YouTube to support learning. Not only can it help keep pace in a lesson, but also it's a great reference afterwards for pupils to refer to. My biggest gripe with it though, is that pesky advert you can't skip that always decides to play when you're in full flow. Here's a secret that works nearly all of the time. When preparing your lesson, you will have watched the clip anyway to ensure it's appropriate. So just before you copy the link into your presentation or wakelet, type this on the end, and T equals one. That's the ampersand or the wiggly and, lowercase t equals and the number one. Now copy the URL with and t equals one on the end and your clip will start one second in. Not missing any content, but skipping the adverts at the start. No need to thank me. Show your gratitude with a follow on Twitter. Check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed, follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was two minute tech two minute tech with steve woods your tech briefing on teachers talk radio
everyone. Welcome back, everyone. And as you know, I'm having a special conversation with David Valente today. It's an important day for you, David. Um, for those who are at Ayatafel, do you have a, a special message for them? I unfortunately can't make it. I'm extremely envious of all these people finally meeting up at a face-to-face -face conference. Yes, it's such a special one this year because of the return to face-to-face -to -face and we'll be marking um, several of the YLT SIG committee members um, stepping down from their long-serving roles, so not only myself. And so I'd like to invite anyone in Belfast at the conference to come along to room 3B at 17.20 today to well be serving refreshments and raising a glass and you can say a few words if you wish. Sounds wonderful. David, um, you are quite outspoken when it comes to young learners qualifications. Oh. And um, the prof and you very adamant about the professionalizing of the industry. Yeah. Could you um, tell me a little bit about your position on this? Well, I think you know the need for to be taken seriously as a profession we need to be well qualified and like any profession the learning needs to be lifelong and ongoing and i think in elt more broadly not just in yl elt there's still a, a quite um ingrained in a way um notion of doing you know the quick fix training course getting the certificate and then we're good to go. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're wanting to take um, YLELT seriously and we're wanting to genuinely focus on children's learning and um, teacher skills uh, in order to you know, meet curricular aims. So if you think about how rich, I would say, some people might say complex, unreasonable, whatever, but I think rich um, curricula are becoming now in many countries in around the world it needs a really rich repertoire mm. and so you know the the quality because of the commercial interests in elt qualifications we've seen an erosion in our yl qualifications on the one hand and then on the other hand we've seen um another problem whereby um generic elt qualifications are possible to be taken with children with teenagers with no adjustments to mm. that certificate or diploma award uh, and so i think both of those the the, the lack of um, specific qualifications for different age groups i think is a problem and also that needs to be countered with um, bespoke crafted um, programs for particular groups of teachers in their context what can we do about that provision because i know i mean uh, in a in, in Europe, um, a standard you know, language school would employ a teacher with a degree and a CELTA and put them in a classroom with children. Um, yeah, it's been it going seems on to be, um, it, it is quite a common occurrence. I mean, how, how do you see that? in terms of provision. I think ultimately at the end of the day, I mean, it, it should be, the owner should be on the employer 
And because if they're standing for quality and wanting, you know, qualified teachers to be able to give the children the best possible learning, then the employer should um, want to invest in their teachers and, and upgrading and supporting their development, but it often doesn't happen. So I think in reality, it needs to rest with the individual teacher. Mm. And this is where I think this sense of community and a, and a global community of practice comes in. And that's something the SIG's been trying to do while TSIG for, you know, not just uh, the six years I've been called, but for over 35 years, mm. really trying to foster this sense of we're a professional, we're an educator, we're not just teaching language, we're teaching much, much more in terms of children and teenagers. And so that need for upskilling, if we can foster it and make it a, an expectation almost that anyone working with teaching English with children or teenagers commits to that themselves. So I think it's a bit of a push-pull strategy of really trying to push employers to care Mm. about quality but also encouraging and um, this fostering this sense of being part of this community is that community of ongoing growth mm. and do you think that that the SIG could be part of the regulation of that well IETEFL doesn't do accreditation mm. and um, because of the complications involved in that in that it's not a you know qualifications body mm -hmm. and so what we've always done for example on our website in the past six years anyway is had suggested courses mm -hmm. that our members have taken that our committee members but also our regular members have taken and recommended and found useful we've tried to be very objective different course providers some free courses some paid courses so we're not kind of rubber stamping any of them we're just saying these are suggestions from our community yeah. um so apart from recommending I don't think um, with, you know, IETFL's charity commission structure, uh, it would be possible to kind of become part of accreditation. Um, it, it is a difficult one. I think the need for kind of regulation is, is obvious, mm -hmm. but then trying to implement that on a global scale is, um, is something else really. And so I think the qualifications bodies need to seriously review their offer and and take a kind of more duty of care approach and this is something i was trying to champion with um the cambridge delta mm. which i'm a you know a tutor and an assessor for um and the fact that module two the teaching module can be taken with any age now yeah. i think on the one hand is great because it's an advanced teaching qualf and it can be done with children. But unless the tutors, the assessment criteria, the syllabi and, yeah. and the materials and so on are all um, YL relevant and grounded, then um, is it really such a, you know, something to celebrate? I don't know. I think it needs looking at more deeply. I think that would honestly it would depend on on the, the your supervisor and the people that are supporting you i know that yeah. teachers that of mine that have done their delta they've also they also did module three specifically yes. for young learners and i think if you've got someone who is assessing that that has an understanding of yeah. young learners teaching that's wonderful but that may not always be the case absolutely but certainly there's a lot that could be done 
I think on, on things like that, Jane, that's where the qualifications bodies could um, actually have regulations that if you're going to tutor or a candidate who's teaching children or teenagers, mm -hmm. you, you need to meet a certain background requirement. I think that's something they could do. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's sad that, um, that even sort of um this at uh, the young young learners extension was shelved um yeah. that was a bit of a um a sad day because it was one of the one of the courses that was really there to help <laughs> absolutely yeah. absolutely it was one of my favorites if not the favorite the favorite <laughs> which age group <laughs> yeah. eight to thirteen eight to thirteen well, yeah seemed to be the one that covers mm. the areas that teachers really need yeah you've got the younger in eight to tens that are so much fun and then you've got the 11 to 13s that are just that that age group is the toughest age yeah, group absolutely. to yeah. well they're all tough for different reasons but mm. i should say not tough challenging yes. <laughs> because in the end getting it to work is wonderful david what advice would you give to someone who um would be interested in becoming part of the ylt sig as a committee member or as a just as a volunteer yes so i think volunteering um for the sig it sounds a little bit cliche but I, I in my experience i think it's a a reality you know the more you put in the more you get out so those those members of our of the sig committee who the volunteers who've really you know given a lot have um seen many opportunities be created in terms of the networking possible and um the the, the variety of different areas be it materials or training um and also other skills that are not just um elt related skills but project management skills i mean mm -hmm. running a global online event as a volunteer without kind of much support from you know any administrative staff is a huge undertaking it's a 12-year project actually 12 year 12 month project each time i mean the emerald the emerald conference was extraordinary i mean <laughs> um the work that must have gone on behind the scenes for that yeah yeah was, um incredible what yeah. a brilliant what a brilliant event it was yeah you know and and, and so you know throughout that time cnem for example she has been with me for four of those five conferences and um and she's um stepping down also in belfast and through her work with the SIG, she's just one example. You know, she's become a CELT-P, CELT-S tutor. Um, she was very much um, a CELTA tutor for in the beginning, and she's really got into and become very passionate about the creative side and, and all of that. So, and, and then there's other members of committee who've gone on to um, write course books. Others have become it's really decided, made that decision to specialize in YL training. So, um, and in my own case, you know, the fact I'm now doing a PhD, I think in this area is very much related to, certainly inspired by the voluntary roles. So I think that the more you engage and the more you connect, the more doors it, it can open mm -hmm. if you want it to. And I mean, you've been doing it for a while and you also know it's hard work, but it, it does seem to keep you 
very happy. <laughs> I think it, uh, on that note, Jane, it really depends on where a person, a volunteer, seeks their affirmation. And I think for me, what sustains is when people who are also passionate about our field really appreciate and recognize what you're doing. And I think if you, if someone goes into it expecting affirmation from those maybe who are not in our field, then it can be frustrating and it can be, oh, I'm, I'm doing all these things and why aren't they, you know, impressed? Well, they're not interested. So it's, you know, it's, it's find your tribe, love them hard is the message there. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. Is that is that the quote? Is that your I favorite? don't think it's it's not an original. It's probably a Facebook meme, but it certainly yeah. applies. Yeah. Find your tribe, but do they they have to drink prosecco? Absolutely, they have to like the sparkling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, Norway. How do you, how's the food in Norway? Sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's very fresh. So fish, if, mm -hmm. you, if someone's a fish lover, it's extremely fresh. Um, I wouldn't say it's the most varied cuisine in the world um, compared to other places I've lived, such as Mexico and Thailand. So if you like a bit of a kick to your um, cuisine, mm -hmm. it's maybe uh, doesn't really compare, but um, it's certainly, you know, a, you know, a healthy fish-based diet if that's what you like. Do you have a um, your favorite foodie place or your foodie spot there, or would your favorite foodie spot be outside your current residence? I, yeah, I, I think there's, you know, so many places, you know, that as a, you know, a big traveler. That it, and then it all kind of morphs into one and you think, where was that restaurant? I really <laughs> can't remember. <laughs> what are your plans for the future now that you're um, you're about to um, say goodbye? What what's what's well I'm part of it, yeah, it's quite exciting. I'm part of a new transitional committee for um, a new association, actually, a new international association for the research side of early language learning called ELRA. So that's the Early Language Learning Research Association. And it's one that um, Nair and uh, Sandy Morau and other colleagues are part of this transitional committee. And we're trying to set that up. So from scratch, hmm. from absolute scratch. And so that is, you know, steep learning curve and it's really exciting. And we'll be sharing more about that at the ELMI conference in Granada in June. Wow. Um, and you've got people from, from several countries joining you there, I believe. Yes, yeah, so there's six, um, there were six people on that transitional board and, and we have, um, so Portugal, Norway, um, Poland, um, Cyprus, yeah, quite a few different places, yeah. Sounds fascinating. Well, hopefully we can we can hook up again and have a, another radio program talking about talking about that. Yeah. In terms of of you personally, um, other projects aside from this, or you is it just focusing on finishing your PhD? 
or yes absolutely <laughs> i i definitely finishing the phd is my key professional goal um, i'm also involved in a, a project that's due to finish the first week of july the ice pelt project so using picture books in and um, primary english language learning and that the closing conference for that is first week of july and then i'm part of a second project taking place in with the university in canada and this is um, about deep reading for in-depth learning, again, in English language education. Mm -hmm. So that I was recently in Canada and that's very exciting, you know, again, because it's beyond Europe and that always excites me. Um, and personally, well, once I finish the PhD, the big, big question is where am I going to be? Mm. What am I going to do? And I don't know, Jane, is the honest answer. I really <laughs> need to finish this PhD and then the world's hopefully my oyster. Oh my goodness. So what is it? Do you just like put a pin on the map and go or <laughs> what happens? No, there tends to be a bit more of a reason <laughs> than that. But, um, you know, I still have um, a lot of, you know, uh, um, my heart is still in East Asia, for example. So I, I like the tropical climate. Mm. I like the gentle pace of life and so on. So um, I have to see, it all depends on work opportunities, but um, yes, being in the Arctic for me has been a, a, a huge difference. <laughs> Interesting challenge. Change, complete change of wardrobe as well, I would assume. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I still don't have proper, you know, I can't bring myself to be in waterproofs and, and all that. I'm still, still t-shirts and flip-flops at any opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's nice and warm inside, isn't it? So Too warm. Oh. That's the thing. So when you have all these, you know, thermals on and then you get on a bus, hmm. it's, it's way too warm. Yeah. I think Valentia is Italian now saying that that just reminds me of, of a lot of Italian men who kind of <laughs> you have the wool vest underneath the shirt my husband isn't one of them but there are okay. <laughs> I think Valentia is Italian <laughs> uh -huh. oh gosh okay David I think we're going to have to to wind this um conversation up as there are a few tributes that I will be playing for you in just a moment. Messages from from your tribe, um, <laughs> and um, I hope you'll stay with me and and listen to them and enjoy them. And I will raise a glass for you too. Well, Good thank afternoon. you so much, Jane, for inviting me. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. And um, keep up the wonderful work. Keep on dancing and um, and keep keeping the profession the profession that it is. And thank you so much for all the wonderful, wonderful work. Thank you. Thank doing. you very much. I'm sure you will continue to do. Thanks, thank David. And so that was a, a wonderful conversation with David. As I said in the interview, there are a few messages for David. And I'm going to play the first one from Daniel Sherry. David is one of the most dedicated and hardworking volunteers I've ever met. 
He has given a lot to YLT SIG and to IATEFL as a teacher association. By stepping down from his role, he's going to be sorely missed by everyone within the SIG, but also by the many teachers who have been impacted by his work within the association. And another volunteer for the YLT SIG, Amanda Davies, left this message for David. Well, David, what an experience it was volunteering with you on the YLT SIG committee. I honestly don't know how the SIG will cope without you, but I can't wait to see where you'll channel your endless energy and determination next. Congratulations, David. Lots of love. And Gail Ellis sent this message. Oh, hang on. I just, whoops, what have I done? Oops. Let me click out for a sec. Apologies. Just one second, I will <laughs> get this one up in just a moment. <clears throat> there it is. I'd like to thank you, David, for your dedication to the IATEFL YLT SIG as publications editor from 2014 and as coordinator from 2017. You've built on the work and dedication of your predecessors striving to professionalise teaching English to young learners. In particular, you've helped to raise awareness of developmentally appropriate practices and age-appropriate pedagogies and brought clarity, consistency and precision into practitioners' discourse when referring to learners under the age of 18. I've thoroughly enjoyed working with you on several occasions during these years and thank you for those opportunities. You're going to be missed. And one final message, I think you will be missed. Hi, David. This is Carol. I'd just like to say thank you for all your years of service, eight I think it is, and dedication leading the YLT SIG. You've achieved so much with events, publications, and generally raising the profile of the SIG. IATEFL and the young learner community in general have much to be grateful and thankful for. Many congratulations and all my best for whatever you're going on to do next. And with that, I'm going to finish up today's programme. So thank you very much, all of you who have listened. Um, thank you, David, for joining me and thank you um, for all your lovely, kind messages. Enjoy. Ayatefel and enjoy this afternoon. Um, have a wonderful celebration together. Thank you. As for next week, I'll be speaking to Catherine Billsborough about materials creation. So with that, I will leave you and thank you all for listening. Have a great day. 
You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.